Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save fifty percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power twenty twenty three award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby doesn't take yourself or the game too seriously. As always. As always. Joined by Phil. Hello, Philip. Hello, Jonathan. How are you on this fine evening? Uh, I'm okay, mate. It's a fine wintry evening. Fine, very late wintry evening. Indeed. And down the line, Tim Cocker. Hello, mates. Hello, the Egg Chasers shipping container currently in South London. Oh, lovely, lovely. Uh, yeah. W- w- why is it there? Are you, uh, you doing breakfast or something? I am, yeah, covering the, the Virgin Breakfast Show. So, uh, you know, w- when you're done with this on your commute, t- tune in for some top tunes and top chat, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Yeah, I'm, 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 still, I'm still hoping they'll, they'll tell Chris Evans to do one and uh, maybe I'll get the gig. But we'll see. Uh, well, does Chris Evans work with you now? He will do in the new year, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, big time. Why Why is it, Tim? This is this is very inside baseball. Why do they just recycle the same names all, all the time? Or are you not allowed to tell me that? Well, I think in Chris Evans' case, it's because he's the highest profile person on the radio in the United Kingdom and the best in the business. Yeah, but it's like Sarah Cox is back in the game. You know, they, I mean, they seem to be the same names over and over again. The only name... Well, I'm sure... It- Sure, yeah. it's just because they're very, very good. Well, the only name, in our opinion, in our humble opinion, is not getting enough coverage, is one Tim Cocker. Exactly. Happy to be part of the uh, Virgin Radio team. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, more hot Virgin Radio chats. Yeah, more radio. More chats. straight batting. <laughs> <laughs> straight after I tell you about where you can find us, which is on Twitter at Ruby Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, or any provider of, of podcasts which you can find on the, on the internet uh, on instagram and on facebook so you can do all those things and maybe one day youtube maybe 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 watch this space indeed so we went to bed closed our eyes two two sleeps later and the shortened squad so at least england's squad has been announced england squad and ireland because ireland have announced the squad that they're taking to uh usa obviously yes obviously. because they're if not in transit now, right now, they've just landed in uh, in the USA. Yes. So, are there many things more attractive to an American woman? Not not than a British person, but an Irish person and an Irish professional rugby person. Ooh. 
And an Irish professional rugby person. Oh, well, the only one that would be that, that would be the pinnacle of that would be an Irish professional rugby player who is called Rob Carney. Oh, oh <laughs> yes, quite, quite. Uh, yeah, so um, they should have fell over there. Uh, what do we think of the teams? Oh, no, what do so, you think of the Ireland team? Give me that one, because that's a little bit more, you know, a, a little bit more, how can I say, predictable. It, it's predictable as in... Uh, there's a lot of lot of big names there. The big names that are there tend to be the younger big names, the likes of um, Furlong, Ryan, Stockdale, uh, and the likes. Some of the older big names, the likes of Sexton, Best, for example, have, and Carney, have been left yeah. in Ireland. So, so it will be it'll be mostly youthful team, but there's still some some prime beef out there. Now, which game was it where they tried to wrestle the big boys and it nearly came a cropper? Mm. Now they had one not so long ago, and it was like I'm sure Sexton was on the bench or something, or um, definitely Carberry started. Maybe it was on tour. It was on tour, wasn't it? Uh, did they have a new uh, Australia? Well, they played in Australia over the summer, so they yeah. they won the tour, did they not? Oh, was it the, was yeah. it the first game? Uh, yeah, and they started with Carberry and they had all these lads and they didn't have all their big Oh, lads. you're right. And I think, you know, I think they were hoping for a seamless transition, lads to step up and then put real pressure on the senior lads and they didn't. I wonder if they will do this time, though. Yeah, I think it was, the, was it the first test? Yeah, I seem to think that. Um, I think it's an easier game playing Italy in Chicago than playing Australia in Australia. Well, I guess, like, Chicago is almost their second home now. It is. I mean, what they yeah. played, like four or five games there? Uh, this might be three or four. But, yeah, so it'll be easier for Ireland. One of the interesting decisions will be whether they go for Carberry or Byrne um, at fly half. I'd expect Carberry, based on his ex- both his experience yep. and his current form. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, couple maybe a couple of questions in the back row, but... Much of the team kind of picks itself. Not Billy Burns. I think it's great. You just, I think it's great that um, we're going to see Ty Byrne in an Ireland shirt finally. Yeah, yeah, I com- completely agree. Yeah, Ty Byrne um, and Addison. Yeah, that's the one I wanted to talk about. So Big Will's out there. I wonder if he'll be fullback or if he'll be 13. thirteen. He's played most of this season at thirteen. Um, it'd be interesting to see that electric outside break. Because we- weapons you- grade handoff. Yeah. Well, you got Stockdale, um, Stockdale, Conway, and Lama, who may well make up the back three, but then you got Bundyaki and Gary Ringrose. So, will he will he be a utility bench player? Oh, I think well, he's a... kind of he's kind of, well he's replaced um, not only Jared Payne at Ulster, but that could be his role for Ireland. I fathom he could sneak himself in as the thirty-first man in an I Ireland World Cup what, squad because there, he can play so many positions. There are so many yeah. parallels between him and Jared Payne. I mean, both of them are Irish by descent. Oh, is Jared Payne Irish by? Um... Uh, no, I think no. he was Kiwi uh, residents. Yeah, I think he was resident rather Residency. than. Yeah, he's one of the, he's, yeah he's one of the the, the evil island players. Yeah, <laughs> evil. What? Yeah. Say it in jest. Evil. <laughs> um, he uh, he's multi-positional. Yeah, very 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 tough. And you know, you ask anyone that watches him play, the biggest danger to Will Addison is Will Addison. <laughs> it is. It is. He'll never ever take a backward step. No. Uh, I, I think it's a good shout, Tim. I think he's the kind of guy who would 
could be the back's wild card in and a I... uh, in a World Cup squad because of his versatility. He can play, well, probably 12, 11 through 15. Isn't it just really strange? And I'm not saying for a second if things were different, he should have played for England. But isn't it really strange? Oh. If you fast forward and Ireland win the Six Nations again, which they look odds on favourite to do. They have a good autumn and he goes to walk up. Isn't it just odd he never really had a sniff at England? I don't think it's odd. I don't think there's anybody I would drop out of the England squad to accommodate Will Addison. Well, and that goes for at any point in the last few years. Well, I guess that's why um, that's why you don't win much. So, uh, you know... <laughs> I, I just think well, let's, let's just be clear. He he is in a forty-six man Ireland squad. Yeah, that is true. So yes, he might, he might have yeah. got into a forty-six man England squad, possibly. Poss- yeah, yeah. Well, I possibly. think yeah. I, I, it it is very. You, you saying there, if we look back in kind of twelve months and he's had a good or some internationals and a good yeah. Six Nations and he made the World Cup. There's a, there's a huge number of ifs in that. I think Ireland will do bo- well in both of those. I think. Addison is most likely to be a bit part player. Well, I'll right have now. my fingers crossed. <laughs> I, know, I know you will do. Uh, right. So I. So the... uh, and, on that, and on that one, obviously his uh, his relationship with Sale Sharks is a big part of that. I noticed you were the the first person to retweet Sale's new fly half as well. So so this you are incredibly committed for someone who's only interested in them as the as your local club. Uh, can I? So I did retweet that. Yes, because of course <laughs> I, I think it's important that everyone knows all all the rugby news all all the time. Um, I will say this though, it isn't a signing that I particularly like. But as we're talking about Ireland, I think we've had enough yes. of, of Will Addison and Sell Shock's new signing, who we can talk about next week. Um, overall, I, I'm quite excited to see this team because I, I do like it when the young, young when young lads or fringe players get a chance because you know that's yeah you know, they seem to sort of like play a bit harder or they try you know they they try a few different things. It's also good to like. To like follow the like the human story. Yeah, ag- agreed. I, I am looking forward to seeing this, and it it will be a late kickoff, won't it? Yes, nighttime yeah. drunken nighttime rugby. Love it. Yeah. Um, tell me this: What does the uh, the the Italy squad look like? Because I have no idea. Uh, I've not seen it actually. Uh, I'm sure there will have been an announcement. Some, not really, but I'm somewhere. I'm not really bothered. Uh, can I just uh, just on the other games that are happening, um, the, the Ireland game again? I, I, I'm I'm not particularly fussed. I like the, the the idea of games in Chicago and growing the game in the states. I'm not particularly fussed. I'm not looking at this like a proper match, but I am interested to see some of the fringe Ireland players, like you say. But on the we were talking on the last podcast about the the farcical situation surrounding Scotland versus Wales. Two things have happened there. One. They've finally said, yeah, OK, we'll stump up some money for, towards Doddy Weir to at least mean that that story isn't going to dominate proceedings um, on that day. And secondly, I've only just seen the fixture list for the Pro 14 for Friday night where uh, Scarlets play Edinburgh and Glasgow play Ospreys. Two top quality games. This this weekend? Yep. This weekend, the, the, the day before Scotland play Wales, so... Those those are two Pro 14 games that are happening with none of the internationals, which is an enormous number of people from those sides. Yes. It, yeah, I mean, there are some Glasgow teams from last year in particular who were unrecognisable. Yeah. But, so, the Pro... That, that seems just crazy to me. And another question that is raised by this, 
So, Pro 14, they play one less game than the Premier Premiership because of the conference system. Yes. What are they going to do with all their free weekends? Hmm. Because towards the end of the season, presumably, they're going to have... Well, hang on. They have the conferences. Uh, what, what do they have each? Like, how, how many You play points? everyone in your conference and then... Uh, twice, and yeah. then everyone from the other conference once, I think. But then you've got your derbies as but well. then you have some derbies. So I, th- I think it works out as 21 rather than 22 regular games of the season. Good question, Phil. Don't know. Because Premiership obviously didn't have a game last weekend as well because of the Premier Cup. So they're now kind of two games ahead. Anyway, not not that it really matters, but this does seem a bit crazy because it is outside the international window. Yes. But, but uh, well, uh, all four of the home unions are playing each other. And so, it just, so. it, well, like the Pro 14 has been improving. It really has been, and it is better. And some of the sides are absolutely outstanding. Oh, God, yeah, but this just invite this invites the ridicule. Yeah. Uh, by home, by sorry, by home unions. I mean, no, the, Pro, Italy. the Pro 14 unions are playing each other. So you would have thought if they just speak with each other and the league yeah. and agree. This might be outside the international window, but let's not have a game this weekend. Madness. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm actually more excited for the Ireland game than I am the uh, the, the Wales game. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. I'd go with that as well. Uh, right. So, shall we talk about Ireland, uh, sorry, Scotland and Wales quickly? Uh, yes. Or not? We don't no. no. Oh, actually, no. You, you, <laughs> uh, you wanted to talk about the Doddy Weir stuff, did you not? I think other than it seems like they've been guilt-tripped into doing the right thing. I don't I think like we, it. I think we covered everything else the other day. You know, like, it should... On the other hand, on one hand, I definitely don't like the fact that they've called it the Doddy Weir Cup, and yet they, di- they didn't think to fundraise for it. Yes. On the other hand, I also don't like the mob mentality and them sort of guilt-tripping, like, <laughs> guilt-tripping the unions into doing something. Like, you either should do something or you should not do something, but you shouldn't be retrospectively guilt-tripped and you know, well, uh, mobbed into doing it. So I don't think it was a moral stance to not do it. I think, as you said the other day, it was just uh, probably mostly incompetence or just just simply not thinking, not considering the consequences and how bad it would look if they did it. So I think the right decision has now been taken. Yeah, I'm not... I, oh, yeah. It's the, it, yeah, it, it's, it has, um, it has. Yeah, this is the sort of peer pressure I'm actually... Sorry, this is, this is the sort of peer pressure I'm actually all right with. Um, unlike the peer pressure that got a poo taken off of The Simpsons. <laughs> Did you have you ever heard the story about the Nurses Benevolent Fund? No. No. This is a remarkable story. It was a few years ago. Like I say, a few years. It must be ten years ago now. And there was a nurse, and she went around, and what sounded like a rather good idea in, to start with, uh, sort of spiraled out of control horribly for her. So she went around and asked and asked for footballers for one week's wages. Or one day's wages, something like that. So the idea was we go around every football football and get one week's wages, and she ended up in Middlesbrough. And apparently, like some of the footballers said, uh, "Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Don't know." And then she started chasing for the, chasing for these wages. But instead of chasing, she started. From what I remember, she sent either like legal threats, threats, or, or something to the players that they better pay up, or they'll be outed by the nurses' benevolent fund for not paying it. <laughs> and in the end, Gareth Southgate, of all people, who's Middles, Middlesbrough manager, said, "Enough. 
we will not pay any money to the nurses benevolent fund you can't blackmail us into, pay, <laughs> yeah. into giving a charity donation <laughs> it was the most absurd, it, I, I need to read up on that story but it's one of the most absurd things i've ever heard uh yeah the so in a, in a world full of offence, I was actually quite happy with the offence that was taken oh. uh, over the ridiculous and incompetent decision not to not to fundraise. Can we, can, can we talk about some more offence really quickly, which is which is uh, football linked? Anyone seen the controversy surrounding Dan Rowan today? I've seen the headlines. Have you yeah, seen I have. What What do you think, Tim? So so let me get this right. He was recorded by a member of the public having a conversation with a colleague. About the oh, so <laughs> that's not the Dan Rowan belt, by the way. He was recorded by a member of the public secretly on a phone having a conversation with a colleague about the nature of the relationship of the now sadly deceased um, Leicester City chairman. Have I got that right? Yeah, correct, correct. Now, now, <laughs> so something like um, his assistant, who is also his something or other. Family man, hey. Yeah, laugh, he, no, he, his mistress. Oh, sorry. I mean, his colleague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, I, 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 well, what do you think? Well, I, 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 I always have um, a level of sympathy for anybody who is secretly recorded so private conversations becoming public because if i was held to account for everything that i've said to you in the pub uh, over a beer absolutely yeah i'd 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 be in trouble i think the the fact that he was stood right by the memorial area around the king power stadium does change the dynamic of that slightly yeah um, as he was stood with members of the public yeah, it's in bad taste, right? I do wonder why, if you've got so much disdain for the man, why you would go to the memorial in the first place. Yeah, uh, and stand there. Yeah, so it, next, it's in... It, people who are clearly mourning and paying respects. Yeah, it's in terrible taste. And also, like, it's not just the guy that died, the very rich fellow that died. It's also the secretary that died. And, you know, it's just, you know, mm, whoops. On the other hand, if he told me that in the pub, I would definitely laugh. And <laughs> he was only talking to another, another equally cynical person down, down the phone, too. Yeah. yeah, it does always that kind of thing. It almost feels a bit Big Brother is watching. Yeah, do, do you know what I mean? I, where where what should be private conversations yeah. are made public. I mean, there is an element, isn't there? Just leave the mistress jokes until maybe until, you've left until, the king power. Yes, yeah. Well, just, just don't leave it till you're 50, 50 yards away from the <laughs> yeah. memorial. Do it tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. It's equally it's, as funny tomorrow. It's it is in awful taste from him. It's, it's, it's so absolutely bad, awful it? taste from him. It's really bad. It's so stupid. So, yeah, stupid, stupid from him. Oh well. Oh well. Anyway, do, do, uh, do, do you know what's in? Um, well, it's not. It's not so much in poor taste. It's just in poor judgment. Is um, is the twenty-five man makeup of that England squad? Oh, nice segue. Hello. <laughs> Hello? I'm here. Oh, oh, yeah. Hello? Yeah. Sorry, you cut out for two nice, seconds. Ni- n- nice segue, Tim. Thank you, JB. Uh, it, it baffles me why Chris Evans is going to get your job. <laughs> um, 25-man squad. Uh, before we do the 25-man squad, shall we, shall we just briefly touch on the other bit of uh, England news that was announced today, I think it was? In- Go for it. In Will Carling. Oh, yeah. How weird. 
So Will Carling is joining uh, England, their wider team in a leadership mentor capacity because, uh, as, Ed, Ed, as Eddie Jones, he said he, he wants to bring in an England great and he's always thought that he had uh, a gap in that area. Which is quite interesting, um, as Russ Petty on Twitter points out, because uh, Richard Hill has been with the squad since 2016 as team manager. Yes. <laughs> uh, and also Johnny Wilkinson is involved as a, a kicking coach. Is he? Yeah. I know Wilkinson used to show up. It did seem, didn't it, like back in the day, it seems so long ago now since England was really successful, but back in the day, like Eddie Jones would just bring in guys left, right and centre, and everyone would go, oh, paradigm breaking. Yeah. And everyone would add, add like a little something to it. Like, oh, Johnny, Johnny's in for a weekend. Oh, brilliant. Uh, um, Glenn Ella's in for a weekend. Oh, magnificent. Well, yeah, well done. Yeah, well, this is really great stuff. And now it's not going so well. It just doesn't have the same impact. Well, it, it, I was thinking about that exact principle uh, earlier this week, actually. Because, so when Eddie Jones first got involved, he was he was mixing around some of the positions. He was very very fixed with some positions because he was limited for options. But he would, like, um, he'd bring Manu in, he'd bring Yard in, he'd bring whoever it was in, Johnny May in, Noel would come in, Daly would come in, Watson would come in. And so you'd have, like, multiple different options and everyone was like oh yeah he's balancing the team he's getting everyone the right amount of experience it's working perfectly perfectly and then exactly those same principles now where there's new people coming into camp other people going disappearing from camp camp despite playing well with little reason and everyone's taking exactly the opposite approach it's all downfall 2018 it very much is downfall 2018 Uh, I, I don't really understand how it works I mean if I'm Dylan Hartley, do I look at my timetable? It's like strength and conditioning in the morning, line-up practice, mid-afternoon, sit down with Will Calling for an hour at three o'clock. <laughs> I mean, do they structure sessions with Will Calling? Or does he just hang around the bar, you know, having a drink? And if you want to you know, talk to him about his past glories, you can do that. Does he you know, present to the team? PowerPoint. It, yeah, PowerPoint. Is I, it? I, hear, I hear Will knocks up a mean PowerPoint. Well, I was interviewing... Uh, Greg Bateman on the Rugby Dungeon the other week. Go and have a listen to that if you want. And we're talking about sports, like the sports psychologist at Leicester Tigers. He's just literally on staff. And if you want to have a chat to him for whatever it is, you go and have a chat to him. I wonder if it's the same thing. It just doesn't... I mean, Will Calling has been out of frontline rugby for so long. <laughs> Unless I've missed something, which he's been doing in the background. I don't know. Well, I don't get it. I've got, a th- I've got a thought on this. Yes, please. So, so yes, from a rugby perspective... He's, he can empathise with the, the, the pressure cooker of rugby. He was an England captain during a home World Cup, so he will have some level of understanding there. But in terms of rugby, um, from, a, from a professional point of view, a lot of people have been saying he, he's not been around since rugby was relevant. It's, it's, it's like the journalists who are still jabbering on like the, the, like the game hasn't moved on. So, But the difference is he can have a level of empathy with these players, he will be the sort of guy that Billy Vanapola talked about um, a few years ago when he said, we just need to have a beer rather than have another training session. And he, what his whole business is about leadership, team dynamics, and that kind of thing. So, is that what he does for a living? 
Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, so what I'm going to suggest, he does like um, business training days. His company does that sort of stuff. Um, now, is that code for, you know, a PowerPoint presentation, then lots of drinks? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. That's the sort of thing that so, so, take so, 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 so do you know what I can summarise? <laughs> I can summarise the Will Carling appointment in one word. Beer. Culture. Oh, <laughs> culture. culture. Like well, it. I, I, I just want to back your point up, really, about the pressure cooker, because everyone sort of assumes rugby back in the day was completely different, and it was on, on the field. But here, here, here's a plug. The Tom English book, The Grudge. Have a read of that, because the picture it paints of the pressure prior to the uh, Calcutta Cup in 80-something, mm-hmm. it just... I'm decider. Yeah. Oh, it just sounded phenomenal. Like, absolutely phenomenal. The media build-up. This is before, even before the days of social media and so on, so on and so forth. This was front, like, front-page stuff. Which actually... Yeah, just, just consider for a anymore, second that, that... Yeah, just consider there were only four television channels then, and one of them was showing the Six Nations games. Yes. Yeah, so it was this, it's a huge cultural moment. Everyone, everyone knew it was happening and was into it. It might... Actually... Thinking about it, it might have been bigger. Just because yeah. they weren't were getting paid doesn't mean it, it yeah. wasn't necessarily bigger. So, yeah, have a, yeah. Actually, I'm going going off topic now. You you have you have to read that book because uh, Ian McGeekin was ahead of his time because he watched VHS of the games, <laughs> but the SRU would not buy him a a video player because it was amateur, and he had to drive from Leeds up uh, up to Scotland almost every week. That is incredible. It really is an astonishingly good book. <laughs> so go read it. Yes. Um, yeah. So Will Calling, it might be. Yeah. Why not? I mean, he needs he needs to do something. <laughs> so what what I'm thinking is he's actually in a funny way he's taking a leaf out of Stuart Lancaster's book. Do you know what we need going into a World Cup? A bit more culture. Yeah. Uh, yeah, why not? Um, uh, just to point to <laughs> Yeah, just... Uh, <laughs> why not? I think we've got reams and reams of podcasts from 2015 telling you exactly why not. Yeah. Well, look, Ed, Eddie's tried and failed, um, or failing massively. Um, yeah, I don't think we're far off from actually asking Stuart Lancaster to come in and, and do a presentation. <laughs> Parachute Lancaster in. Yeah. Good old, good old Stu. Uh, so what, what about the team? Because that's our, our, obviously what everyone else wants to talk about. Yes. So he's dropped a few players, retained 25, of which 23 will be the uh, the squad with a, a couple of travelling reserves. Um, amongst those dropped, so Courtney Laws is injured. out. Injured due to a bed that was too small for him, apparently. That's all beds. <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> Ben Morgan disappears, which leaves. Well, <laughs> by my oh no! By my reckoning, it only leaves two possible options for guys that have played any significant time at number eight. I can't wait! I can't wait to see what's going to happen here. In Zach Mercer and Mark Wilson, and I. I yeah, I just want to go back. Why did you say oh no for Ben Morgan? Because uh, I think. If you've got Billy and, Billy and Nathan, right, you've basically got direct replacements and there's a certain way that, way that you want to play, and that's sort of okay. I think if you've got Zach Mercer, who will start, I think, you probably want a Ben Morgan knocking about to play a different way should you want to. So I, 
you know, getting rid of Ben Morgan, yeah, I know he's not been completely relevant for three years on the international scene, but he does offer you a big ball carrier. And he does, but he's not. He's not been playing like a like, like a top flight international, really. I know. I, I know. I, I agree. It, it's, I I agree with you, but it's kind of a Hobson's choice. Mm-hmm. Ben Morgan. Ben Morgan has had a couple of good games this season. A couple of very good games. Besides that, he's been. Ruin Ackerman fit. He doesn't get in the Gloucester team. Yeah. Um, Zach Mercer, on the other hand, is potentially exceptional. But he mm. is also right now a very good broken field runner. But in international rugby, you get very little broken field, and England need carriers. Now, yeah, I'm conflicted on this because nothing Eddie Jones has ever done has suggested that he likes a, a Zach Mercer type player ever. And for all the negatives, well, start starting Sam Simmons. Yeah, Sam Simmons is the smaller, lighter. I guess so. Version so that. That is an option. And Sam Simmons did very well against, against, Italy. against Italy. Yes. Um, so, But when he got more serious, he did struggle. Big time. He got melted. Um, and I kind of think... Uh, Ed, so this is why... I'm, I think that Ed, Eddie Jones is, is a very pragmatic guy. And for a guy that also has decided which way he's, want, he's wanted to play for some time now and has hung on the fitness of a big centre for a long time now... It's a hell of a risk to go in with someone like Zach Mercer. Now, Zach Mercer is interesting because I think people who watch him, there's like a hope that Zach Mercer is the future. Because if Zach Mercer is the future, it means all the things that we think about rugby are currently wrong. I.e., winning the collision is key, physicality is key, uh, just m- big men mashing into big men is how you win rugby games. That's what I think. Now... If, Zach, if the people who like Zach Mercer are correct, it means it opens up a whole new treasure trove of how rugby should be played. It's going to be elegant running, running into space. And I simply don't believe it. Well, no, I, I don't think one or the other. I don't think it's ever a one or the other. No, it's, it's never one or the other. As, as we have said on this before, it is, especially in the back row in the forwards, it's a balance. And if, if you have someone like Mercer, who is very talented, very good field, um, broken field runner, very good runner if you get space. You need other guys who are going to do a lot of the grunt work for him. Uh, are you, do, you not, do you think Eddie might throw a curveball and put Brad Shields at number eight? Ooh, maybe. I mean, so, that'd be insane, but yeah, why? Yeah, maybe. Personally, no. I, so, having watched a reasonable amount of Brad Shields at uh, um, my beloved Canes, uh, he's not that kind of player. Yeah, but I remember... He's not... You, you see people... So, some uh, kind of, I want to say lazy journalists, but um, people, uninformed people who don't watch much Super Rugby will say, oh, um, Brad Shields, come from Super Rugby, he must be one of these offloading, uh, running back rowers. He's not. He's a very hard-working back rower. He'll hit, make lots of tackles. He will hit lots of breakdowns. He's not the kind of guy who should be operating at number eight. He's not the guy who's going to run 30 yards, throw an offload, throw a two-man miss pass. He, he's a worker. Hmm. Yeah, so... <laughs> so if we put if we put Mercer at eight, who, who, who's the rest of the back row then? Whoa, 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 wait, just to go back to Phil's point here about oh, yeah. um, Eddie Jones not doing that, because, you know, that, uh, Brad Shields has not played much eight in, uh, in Super Rugby. I, I do remember actually watching a lot of Super Rugby and seeing Brad Shields play a lot of second row. So, you know, Eddie moves in mysterious ways. 
He does move. <laughs> it, well, I, on that, the the, uh, the two points I made were I've not seen him play it. He's not that type of player. <laughs> yeah, the, I agree the, with the, you. the point, the point uh, no, no. about his grunt work, he's actually closer to, to a, a second, second row. row than a number eight in my mind. And is he closer to a second row than Nick, than Nick, Azik, uh, Nick uh, Azikwe? <laughs> uh, he's got a lot more experience at a higher level than Nick Azikwe. Oh. <laughs> oh. I, I, on the second row, I'm going to say that the biggest or the, the most unexpected call in the England squad is that Elliot Stook, despite being probably third or fourth choice lock at Bath, is is in the England squad still. Yes. Is he still there? He is. Yeah. So he's going to be, well, he's, probably his most likely position is um, travelling reserve. Mm-hmm. Unless they decide to play Itoji at number six. <sighs> so difficult, isn't it? I mean, Mercer will start. So, Han, who is the rest of the back, back, back row? Let's answer that question. You were, told you at Tom six. Curry will be seven because Underhill Lass. is not in the Underhill is not in the squad unless, anymore. Unless he goes for Wilson as a seven, because Wilson can play legitimately, can play six, seven, eight. I wouldn't like to see him internationally at eight, but he he yeah. can do a very good job at six, seven, or eight. But I, I agree. I think I think Curry, who played pretty well in tough conditions in South Africa, I think he will. He will start at seven. Yeah, all these lads feel like lads that should be in the back row, and they all feel like lads that deserve a chance in the back row. But in a back row with guys with 70. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Caps between them. Not in a back row together. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, injuries. Injuries have limited part of it. Uh, the one guy you could add who's got the experience would Haskell. be someone like Haskell. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, in my mind, I don't think his form... I don't think from what I've seen of him for some time. Uh, well, in Australia... France, he was very good. Australia 16, he was very good. He's had the occasional game since then. Yeah, I thought he was good. Yeah. Uh, so, what, do you think, what do you think Don Armand, genuinely, what do you think Don Armand will be doing this weekend? Playing Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. won't watch it, will he? It, it must be so painful. Well, I mean, I can't imagine he naturally supports England. I mean, he might want to play for them. I can't imagine he's massively fond of the team. I mean, I could be sp- yeah. you know, talking out of turn there. But he's not English, is he? Yeah. So no, like, he's not. if he's go... not playing for them, I'd be interested to see uh, which way the Armand House is 
supporting <laughs> this weekend. He, he's probably one of those because you, the point that you often make, Tim, is he, uh, players like that didn't grow up uh, supporting England. In fact, in many cases, players like that grew up wanting England to lose at every opportunity. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so second rows, we're looking at who? Uh, potentially Kratoji. Yeah, Croatian Itoji most likely to start unless he moves Itoji to six, but looking at the team, I think that's unlikely. With then Ewells and Stuk being the other two what, options. What about Tighthead? Uh, pretty simple, shootout between Sinclair and Harry Williams. Let's go Sinks. Go Harry Williams, I'd, I'd say. Oh, I don't probably, know. Probably, yeah, either way, either way. And tens, he's got his two tens. Does he go forward and Farrell? Is he going to do? Well, well that's the well, thing. So yeah, if, if we're going on to the backs, because there's a couple of interesting things in the backs. Um, you've got the two tens. You've got the two big centres. So both Manu yeah. and Tio are there. Brown is out. Who's the most experienced yeah. fullback? Chris Ashton is in. So can but, I be clear on this? Brown is out. Injured out or out out? Uh, not picked for the team. Not injured. Although there were some shots of him uh, with his wrist in like a bandage. Or what looked like a bandage. It might have just been like a, a long sleeve um, skins type top. Hmm. But he's not been listed as injured. That is astonishing that you'd stick with him for so yeah. long to let him go now. That is he's not played a lot for Quinn's. But then neither is Chris Ashton. Well, yeah. Played for Quinn's. Oh, sorry. Because Chris Ashton and Theo have hardly played a game of rugby this season. They've hardly yeah. played a game of rugby between them, and at least one of them is going to be in the 23. Uh, do you know what's, mad- what's maddening about this? Is uh, just imagine. I mean, it's one thing testing out players, and I'm all for that, like Ireland's doing. They're testing out players, right? So we don't really know what the Ireland team's going to look like on Saturday. But if there was a World Cup tomorrow, I think I could probably name 12 of the starting 15. A World Cup final tomorrow, and Ireland win it. I think I would know. I don't think I could name nine of the England team tomorrow. It depends, it depends who's fit, I would add. Because if you add a few players back in there, if you add Mako, if you add Billy, Rob Shaw... Those those three play. Those three start. Watson, Watson would start. Yeah. Really? What? Okay. What? What over Daly and May? Uh, no, I would with Daly and May. With Daly and May, uh, or Daly, with, with Brown potentially. Yeah. So I, what? Watson would either start or would be, yeah. No, Watson would start yeah, because, I think. because we might know the players. We might know the players. We probably don't know the positions. Like so, yeah. Farrell starts or he plays. Yeah. But does Ford play? Does Tio play? Does Manu play? Well, this daily is, play. So that that center, that ten and center combination is going to be interesting, because because of the team we've select is selected, we know it's it's either. So I, I think Manu starts, but Tim, as you kind of hinted at, your tease on the other podcast, such a tease. We don't know if Manu's going to start at, at twelve or thirteen, because he's got the option of Ford and Farrell, which is tried and tested. Well, but, tried and tried, tested and failed. Tried, tested, did very well for 18 Mixed months. Mixed results. And then recently has had not so good results. Uh, with Mano at 13 in that scenario, which they have played Tio there as the 13 a couple of times, or you go 
Farrell or Ford, most likely Farrell at 10, Manu at 12, and then Slade at 13. Oh, God, Slade. Slade, is Slade. On, Slade is on a very good run of form. He's one of the four, uh, in, uh, from what I've seen, he's one of the form players in the Premiership two this season. Who back subs be? Who your, what, sorry? Who are your two back subs be? Or three back subs. Well, do you... Noel, Noel can, co- can cover kind of outside backs. So he'll be one, and it'll be well, Ford the other. Is Noel not going to start, though? Well, let's, let's, let's stick with the midfield for a minute. And yeah. what, one really important thing to think is Leicester Tigers have been having the exact issue that we've been suggesting that possibly England could have with their pack in as much as they've been struggling to sort of win that physical battle and and do the Leicester things that Leicester have always done, getting across the gain line. The introduction of um, a Manu Tuolangi straight off first phase changed the whole dynamic of that Leicester team against Scarlets in the in the Champions Cup. And I think that is England's biggest chance of uh, doing a job on South Africa. Yeah. If you, England, if you can get England forwards moving forward onto Manu Tuolangi from first phase, then I think they've got a shot. So I don't really think it matters whether Manu is wearing 12 or 13. Um, I think it'll be kind of interchangeable a little bit because I think they're going to use him direct off line out, straight off scrums as much as they can. I, so um, I, I do agree with that, Tim. Do, I think, do you think it's effect, uh, do you think it's going to be effective though? Uh, not necessarily. Always, Manu will make yards, but if he sucks defenders in, that creates you're going to have a very pacey back three. So mm. you're going to, if Daly's playing fifteen, which it looks like with then Johnny May and Noel. I mean, it sounds a you little. Want to room for to them. be fair, it sounds a little bit talk hy this, which is if we can just get a big guy running hard and straight off lineouts and scrums, we'll be able to go forward and then play wide. It works really well at level eight. It, it works awesomely. I just think it's such a complex game up at the high up at the high levels. That can't be the overall solution to England to England's woes. Well, no, it won't be. Well, it sounds like I mean, it sounds like that is the difference maker that they've got their you know that their hopes pinned on. Well, no, well, it, no, works, it works for Leicester pretty well. But yeah, but, yeah, but even but the, the point, I mean, the step up between the Scarlets and the Springboks, the, uh, the depleted the, Scarlets and a massive Springboks team. But the point, as we've made previously, is it's not all having that. It's not all about utilizing that yeah. because that creates room for your ultra pacey back three. Mm. So having it as an option is great. Choose use it at the right time, but if you just use that, you're yeah. banging your head against a brick and, wall. And my and my point with that is not just what it does in in and of itself, but what you saw from that Leicester Scarlets game is all of a sudden a very average looking pack when they're moving forward onto a ball and the defence are having to go back an extra yard, they suddenly look that extra ten percent better. I think yeah. I think he's going to play twelve. Having thought about it now, thinking about the options at fullback. You've got no good, no or no one good like who has that playmaking ability. You need two playmakers. I think he's fed up with Ford and Farrell. I think it's going to be Farrell, Manu, Slade because there's no way you can't have that second playmaker. Because it's like you say, if he's you know if they're using him as a uh, Jamie Roberts type, okay? Yeah, yeah. The Jamie Roberts type. Jamie Roberts is most effective without the ball. Yeah. Um, if that's the case. And they're just going to throw it to, te- to Teo. Well, what would be the point? Yeah, yeah. Teo, Teo and Tuolagi 
will not play together in the same way that Farrell and Slade will not play together in the centres. Yeah. Th- those two combinations will never happen. Agreed. Uh, short, unless there's a, an in-game injury. That's the only way those combinations will happen. Yeah, it has to be Slade, doesn't it? Oh, well, it it could be Ford and Farrell, but we, we've seen enough of it. And yeah. So, yeah, I, I would probably go to Alagi and Slade. And then the the back three will be pacey, so most likely it'll be daily. Isn't it interesting? We're, we're like, there's not even a debate. We're all just assuming Ford's no longer England's ten, and Owen Farrell is. It's, that's a that's well, a big shift. Well, yeah, it is. I, I agree with it, but it's a big shift. It, it, you're right. It is a big shift. Um, it's not that big a shift because Farrell's always done the kick in. He seems to lead a lot of the back lines line moves. Yeah. He seems to kind of. When he's not captain, I know he's listed as co-captain here, and he has captained in the past, but when he's not captain, he does boss the game, he organises the backs, so it's not as big a shift as it was, it would be, say, moving, I don't know, uh, Damien Dialandi to 10 for South Africa. (laughs) That would be a pretty big shift. (laughs) Yes, that would be pretty (laughs) massive. Uh, So, basically gone through the positionings, how do you think England are going to go on the weekend? Well, well, back three is the last one. I've just got this feeling that he's going to go for Ashton. The fact Ashton's still in the squad. So Ashton... He did score a hat trick in a in a kind of Bob Aaron's you know, game. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and also and also scored a hat trick in a uh, Challenge Cup game. He did, and he did very well in one of the preseasons for Sale. It sounds to me like he's nailed on. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's played. He's played a good preseason game, a good Barbarians game, a good Challenge Cup game. Get him in. Um, <laughs> what, what I will, yeah, I, no, I just, what? I just got a feeling he might just go for it. I, 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 Chris Ashton is not the kind of guy you bring off the bench, really. Yeah, no, he's not, is he? No, because yeah. I know, I know he has played a bit of fifteen, but I always think of him as fairly one-dimensional. Lacks a bit of um, uh, option. Yeah, he's not top-end fast, is he? Is not, not anymore. Uh, but he's the sort of guy who just hangs around, hangs around. He needs the time on the field yeah, to pick his that's, pick his moment. That's yeah. Whereas that, Anthony Watson, you can throw on, he might be able to break three tackles and score. Yeah, same with um, someone like Johnny May or, yeah. or Daly or or Noel. Noel comes Noel, on, actually, yeah. works very multiple positions, works phenomenally hard for twenty minutes, half an hour. Can spark something different if you need that injection of energy. Uh, it kind of on the inside runner round round the um round the breakdown. Hmm. So yeah, probably right then. If you're gonna take him, he's got he's probably gotta play. That said, I wouldn't play him because I feel What about fullback? <sighs> Daily. It, yeah, I know, but Ashton has played there. Oh god no. He, I mean he's had he had a couple of high profile horror shows, good old fashioned horror shows, uh, for Toulon playing at fullback. He also got top Try score of the uh, of in the French top fourteen. Yeah, he did no, just no, no, no. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Pick him, Eddie. Do it. Finish it. Finish it in style. <laughs> <laughs> so, to add to all of this, South Africa, while they've not named their squad, we know a couple of things about who won't be playing. Yes, yeah. in Faf, uh, Willie Larue. Uh, Moster, and probably a couple of others that I'm forgetting right now. Francois Lowe, um, because it's outside the, t- the international window, so Premiership clubs don't have to release their players. 
Um, uh, that's that's it. one point that some people have pointed out. Um, they've sort of said, "Oh, you're giving uh, Wales and Scotland a load of stick for playing an international outside of a test window, but England are. Are they just doing it for the cash as well?" Uh, well, yeah, it's a deal. Yes, yes that, again, <laughs> that, that, that there are no Premiership games. Yep, there there are no Premiership games. They are just doing it for the cash, but they they do get the the full squad, and there's no Premiership yes. games. Yes. Um, but yeah, I still think that they are doing it for the cash. Cash is not always a bad thing, though. It, it, the RFU no. could do with some cash right now. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so yeah, it's not going to be the fullest of full strength South African teams, but, but it, it's it, going to be enough. It'll be it'll be a handy. Can, tell me, team. have you got a South African squad in front of you there, Phil? Uh, I've not actually got not to hand. Good. What kind of professional are you? <laughs> So, if this if it is a sort of, a sort of South African team that I'm I'm thinking that it might be, I think England could be on a on the end of a serious hiding here. Ah, yeah, I see shades of France in the Six Nations again, plus what South Africa did to them in South Africa. South Africa continued to get better. Um, you know, they they nearly did a double over the All Blacks for God's sakes. They, they beat the All Blacks away. They did, and they're pretty settled. For, I, I understand that they play pre, pretty, pretty good, good rugby. Uh, they're going to come to Twickenham. This could be a very, very bad result, or good result from your perspective. Well, not look. I, I like it when England win. When England win, pod, a podcast downloads skyrocket. Right, <laughs> there is a direct correlation between England's success and my success. And well, we'll wait and see on this one how whether there's a direct link between um, uh, us getting a name check on the chase and and <laughs> podcast downloads as well. Exactly. I think if you're looking for your uh, podcast inspiration from an episode of the chase, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> it <laughs> yes, was quite. It, it was quite quite interesting. Quite nice to see that, wasn't it? We become a, a quiz question. Yep. Yeah, but the guy did. The, the contestant didn't know we were rugby podcasters. <laughs> it was American football idiots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Have you got the South Africa squad? I got the squad. Tell, tell me some of the names. Tell me some of the big names. Let me just check that this is the correct year. It's all the normal ones yeah. except the England players. Basically, yeah. Um, Pretty from, much it. From what I'm looking at, Dwayne Vermalen. Yes, in there. that's the one I'm looking for. He's in there. It's over alongside Warren Whiteley as a number eight. Over. Um, Khaleesi, who's been playing very well. Yep, he's pretty good. Etzebeth. Oh, Etzebeth. So, linked with Toulon. Uh, I have him linked with Leicester Tigers for a phenomenal sum of money. Really? £700,000 a year. For a second row. For a second row. Kitsoff did a job on... um, He did a job on England when he played in the summer. Yeah, Kits off coming on's handy. So they've got some absolutely enormous. Peter Steff to toy, uh, Malcolm Marks. Oh, <laughs> Malcolm Marks wasn't in. Malcolm. Mar- so two players that weren't in in the summer. As much as South Africa don't have Fafta Clerk, they do have Malcolm Marks in this one that they didn't have before. Yes. Uh, Lude de Jager. Uh, Vincent Kosh. Kits off to name a few. Franz Malherb. Oh. Yeah. Oh God! So it's a very, very big pack. Uh, in the backs again, usual guys. 
So is, is there top 14 fixtures? Because uh, Cheslin Colby, who's obviously at Toulouse, is listed in the team, uh, listed in the squad. Uh, no, I don't think there is top 14 games. So he might be available. But Willie the Room. I don't know. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, Willie the Room Faf will not be. Um, but some of the other guys, so uh, Pollard and Elton Yantes as your your two number 10s, Deal Andy, Jesse Creel, amongst others in the centres, uh, Gio Aplon, uh, Deanti, who had a very good. Um, very good summer, both against England and uh, in the rugby championship on the wings. So it might not quite be full strength, but it'll be not a bad South Africa team. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, the more I think about it, it's going to be a massacre. So interestingly, the the two losses both came at altitude in, uh, in the summer. The one win... Yep wasn't at altitude no it was not and the two games that they lost at England lost at altitude England started very well and were 15-20 points up after 20 minutes and then uh, South Africa came back in that arm wrestle so it it would be interesting just to get another plot on that graph not, not saying anything but just to get another bit of information on there I know JB you were very very against uh, the altitude making a difference, which was something that actually you and Eddie Jones were very aligned on. Yes. One of the few things that you and Eddie Jones were very aligned no, on. We're aligned on, on many, many things. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, look, there was, all, there, there, was, there was another reason that England might have won. Uh, you, you're very aligned with Eddie Jones on um, a love of MMA. Does, does he like MMA now? Yeah, well, he gets the squad doing it, doesn't he? <laughs> Judo, <laughs> jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, if anyone, oh, right, someone did disagree with me. South Africa by by fifteen. I disagree. Go on. What have you got, Tim? I I think it's going to be close. Um, I think I think at home at Twickenham, a year from a World Cup. We have to, we have to, have to win this one, and I think at Twickenham, with Manitou Langifit, despite the underpowered pack, we have got Marutoji fit and firing, and um, yeah, I think England are going to sneak it in an ugly win. Phil, so I am actually concerned about Manu. Uh, I think some of the go forward and some of the options he gives are very good. Go forward with him taking the ball and options to use him as a dummy runner, as we said before. I am actually a little bit concerned about his defence. And I, th- I think Leicester's defence has not been very good. And no, it hasn't. Him in particular, he has made some odd, yeah, you're right. odd decisions. So if you're South right. African can exploit that, that's not going to be good. Um, the South African pack, I am terrified of yeah. the of our undercooked pack. Against South Africa, I will say, Willie LaRue has been playing some sensational rugby, and he adds that second playmaker to that South African back line, mm. which is... So So if if someone... If Dialande and Creel are playing in the centres, neither of those are particular playmakers. So Willie LaRue coming into the line, distributing, kicking, taking pressure off the either relatively inexperienced Pollard or the 
occasionally erratic Yantes does help them. Uh, but even with that negative for South Africa, I think they're going to win. I think, I think um, South Africa by probably less than seven, less yeah. than five. I think, yeah, Pollard is an interesting one. He plays, they definitely win. I love Yanchis. I think he's phenomenally talented. I think it's a... T- Pollard starting, there's not even a debate yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, Paul, if Yanchis was to start, uh, that would be insanity. <laughs> um, so one other interesting thing, I've not actually seen it written anywhere recently. England are using, Eddie Jones is using this as a bit of preparation for Japan. Do you know why? Um... Why would Eddie Jones? Why would Eddie Jones be preparing for a place he's not going to go? I don't uh, know. Well, yeah, they were doing something. Something to do with the yeah, because that was part of the reason for going to Portugal. They were doing something to do with like getting the schedule, the schedule exactly the same as it will be before a game. It is yes, correct. So, uh, in I can't remember which way around it is, but in Japan they play. It's Tonga first, then USA second. Opposite ends of Japan, so north side, north east to south, six hundred miles west. Um, I think more than that. I'm not sure, but it's a good distance. A uh, couple of hours flight, which is Portugal to to London. Um, they play those two games four days apart. Oh, so Eddie Jones is flying into back into London late for. Uh, international standards. He's flying in 48 hours before the game, so they've got a quick turnaround, which will replicate the uh, Sapporo to Kobe, I think it is. Those two games. Nice. nice. There, there you go. So that's it's just, uh, as an England fan, it'd be nice to get that excuse in. Yes. I'm getting in now, so that we can use it uh, immediately after the game. God, I'm looking forward to this It'd be game. interesting whether, whether he tries to replicate the, the, um, the, the schedule of coming home early maybe we won't do the, the last <laughs> international <laughs> well done well that, that's why he's having four, four internationals of course it's yes. on, only four and then just finish then <laughs> uh, ten weeks ten weeks mandated break for all his players after that oh god <laughs> now uh, we are gentlemen the owners of this rather nice shirt ooh that is nice isn't it nice so patriotic. Yeah, it's so... Pa- what thing I'm holding up, Tim? It's a shirt. It's very patriotic. You're holding up um, uh, um, a rugby shirt version of the 50p Brexit coin. Ooh. <laughs> not quite. It is a rugby shirt, of, of, of course. Uh, the, the England shirt signed by Dylan Hartley? Uh, no, no. It is a brand new one. Uh, I was going to say it's mine. Technically, I own one third of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which third do you want, interestingly? I don't know, but if the, I can the get... third with all the signatures on, yeah, I need, it is signed by every member of the squad. I think <gasps> the seven squad actually. It, wow! Any clues? The women's shirt. No, patriotic because of course it's got stars, stripes, and eagles plastered all all over it with fly emirates on the top. It is the USA top, and it is absolutely glorious. They were in, yes. I, I was going to go across and um, chat to Perry Baker, uh, not Perry Baker, yeah, Perry yeah. Baker, because they were in, they were training in Chester last week. Oh, were the they? Ah. Yeah. Perry Baker, best dressed man in rugby. Now, this... at, uh, they were training at, um, um, 
Oh, who's the guy who used to play for England Sevens? Hooker, Wasps, Gloucester. Uh, Phil Greening. Greening, yeah. Phil, Phil Greening's got an amazing uh, training place what? in Chester. R- really is amazing. Wow, did not know that. Uh, yeah, well, so I must say, I, this is this is such poor form for me. I've been scrolling through my uh, inbox messages for God knows how long. And I, I, there was a note that came with it, and I can't remember the name of, of who sent it. It was a listener. Thank you so much. The reason it's here is because his wife wouldn't let, wouldn't let him put it up. What? Yeah, I would leave her. It's a thing of beauty. It is a thing of beauty. What? Imagine how beautiful his wife is. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the way I look at that now is not that um, we have a third of it. It's we are custodians of it. It's exactly. not ours. We, we, we are just, we are the people that are looking after it until we pass it on to its next home at some point in the future. Exactly yes. right. It's got a little GPS. We'll, we'll return it to that person once they... Divorce their wife. <laughs> yeah, the you never know how the relationship's going, and you know if it's not going so well, we'll send you this one and some other shirts. Yeah, the imminent divorce. Yes, <laughs> but it is a lodge. I mean, I might not get into a large seven shirt as it stands. That's but my size. Yeah, I mean, it's all of our sizes in a way, isn't it, Tim? Um, so <laughs> when we are um, when, when we're following USA in the World Cup, who knows? I, I might even I might Ooh. even bring it out. Oh yeah, excellent. So thank oh, you very much. By that. Yeah. Lovely. I'll put it up in the dungeon today. So, uh, of everything that we had on our little list, let me just go back to it. The only one I think we've not touched on is the Australia squad announcement. Not that we need to go through the Australia squad, because much of it is predictable. I I know what you want to say. But Adam Ashley Cooper's back. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Age 34, having spent two years in Japan... Two years uh, tuning his body finally for international rugby, drinking sake and uh, eating sushi in Japan. And he's back. Oh, is he in Japan? He's been in Japan. So he, he did two, Bordeaux. two years after the World Cup in Bordeaux, and now he's on his second year in Japan. Oh, wow. Did he, did he retire? Or he just took a, like a sabbatical? Well, I, I don't know if he ever formally retired from internationals. Uh Good lad. I don't think he ever retired. I think he so he, yeah, he was Bordeaux and now he's gone. Chasing Good him. lad. That's that's how it should be. You you go and do what you want, but you never you never retire. When your country calls, you ha- you answer. Absolutely. So it will be interesting to see. So I think they've got a couple of injury issues at 13, uh Karevi and Hodge. Uh hence why Falau was playing there last weekend in Bledisloe 3. Yeah, and I think they learned in Bledisloe 3 when um the oh oh Playing having a centre who usually plays centre is actually probably a good idea. It does help, and Falau, Falau does what Falau does, and what he will always do. If you give him the ball in space, he will score phenomenal tries, and he did did that in Bledisloe three. He also uh, gave a pretty ridiculous offload for the Ben Smith try, uh, and occasionally looked out of position uh, in in defence. So having someone of AAC's experience who has played 13 internationally and at a super rugby level will be quite valuable mm. yeah and he's got god on his side as well aac or falau 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 yes don't yeah. ever forget that uh did god make him pass to ben smith he works in mysterious ways he sometimes he does he does it's a lesson uh, look he'll come back stronger for it because that was the plan <laughs> absolutely yes so that's it. That's everything I think we uh, had. The only other um, thing I want to mention 
is thank you to everyone who got in touch with us to inform us the film that JB was thinking of last oh, time yeah. was Crank, starring Jason Statham. Yeah, you talk about Ruby, don't you? For like, literally, I know, I don't know. Let me just uh, rough guess now. Maybe five to six hundred hours worth of rugby chat that we've given the public now about that. So an hour a week, some some weeks two hours a week, some weeks God knows how, how many. Yeah, weeks. three or four so, some weeks. Yeah, so so maybe five six hundred hours a week of rugby chat, okay. and we mention a B list film which no one can re- can remember in the room, and yet that gets more traction than our entire podcast. So <laughs> kind of puts things into perspective for you, doesn't it? It really captivated the public's imagination. Yeah, more more film chat from now on. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to watch Crank. <laughs> and and, is that, and, and was that right? That was the premise, that he yeah, had that to <laughs> keep running around to keep his heart rate above a certain level, otherwise he'd die. Yes, it, was, it was his adrenaline levels above a certain level. Incorrect, incorrect, Phil. Was it his uh, heart level? It is his heart level, and as I understand it, the second film, he has his heart replaced by an electrical thing. So it was crank, and then he's got to run around getting electric shocks to keep his electrical heart charge in, this, in the <laughs> sequel. <laughs> Uh, it's so good it's so bad it's great yeah oh and the, another thing that we have been getting some uh, heat or traction on Twitter is Uh-oh. we initially apologies we initially uploaded a previous week's episode we then almost immediately corrected it uh, but it seems that some podcast providers didn't take the second episode so apologies if you downloaded and listened to uh, a repeat episode yeah, excellent. I'm having some. I'm having some issue with one of my pod um, providers at the minute. Oh, yeah. There's, 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 there's things going on. So yeah, we'll we'll iron out any kinks, or I'll bash someone over the head with something. Uh-oh. But uh, yeah, nice one. Excellent. Right. So there you go. Another another one in the books. Uh, you another can, hour to uh, our total. Uh, six six hundred and one hours done. So we should, we we are aiming for six thousand hours. Are we aiming for ten thousand hours? So or 10, really, 000. yeah, ten thousand hours. Yeah, Mark, we're Mark just over five percent competent now, aren't we? <laughs> if you think about the ten thousand hour rule, there uh, you go. Yeah. So um, yeah, done. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Find us on YouTube. Find us everywhere you can find good good, good review podcasts and bad ones too. Um, and <laughs> remember, uh, enjoy. Um, Enjoy enjoy the review this week. We will see you next Sunday with loads more to talk about. Uh, In a bit. Phil, goodbye. Let the boys play, JB. Tim, goodbye. Let the boys play. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.